Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and we are live. Once again, hello, everybody, and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I do apologize. Um, Blog Talk Radio is having some technical difficulties, so if you cannot get through, um, try again. Once again, the call-in number is 646-915-8117. That's 646-915-8117. It appears to be at this time... Uh, maybe Blog Talk Radio's circuits um, are get overloaded, and we need to call them to um, to get this fixed because a number of you said you were trying to get through and the line wasn't working. Um, but anyhow, let's go on with tonight's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Common Core. We have a guest lined up, Wendy Linday. Uh, she had ran for um, Congress in the state of Michigan, and she's done a lot of work with department on that and um, but before we bring her on I want to remind you that the show is sponsored by studentsforabetterfuture.com that's studentsforabetterfuture.com and we are rapidly expanding Um, we have a division here in New Jersey called Students Against Human Trafficking um, which is very big in the United States and, um, we, in fact, we've even had cases of our own to solve. Uh, we have lots of activists coming out on the college campuses against that. And um, we also have a website coming up. It is, again, called Students Against Human Trafficking. And we hope to get that up very soon. But in the meantime, if you can go to our main website, studentsforabetterfuture.com, and make a contribution that would be great. Um, and, you know, it's it's a tax-deductible contribution. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, and, uh, and you can write it off on your taxes. Um, and so let's get to tonight's topic um, uh, about Common Core. And um, I just want to remind everybody, uh, give something a little bit of background about Common Core, um, it, it basically was in the, the making for a very long time. And um, what it is, is Common Core, the Common Core State Standards Initiative is an educational initiative in the United States that details what K-12 students should know in English, language arts, and mathematics at the end of each grade. The initiative is sponsored by the National Governors Association, which is the NGA, and the Council of Chief State School Officers, and which seeks to establish the consistent educational standards across the states, as well as ensure that the students graduating from high school are prepared to enter credit-bearing courses at a two- or four-year college programs or to enter the workforce. Um, so... Uh, given you know that about Common Core, uh, I believe our guest is on. Wendy, is that you? Uh, are you here, Wendy? Um, here. Ruben is here. Ruben? Oh, okay. Ruben, okay. Hi, Doreen, and how are you? Okay, so I imagine uh, if we all had trouble calling in, Ruben, I imagine Wendy has trouble calling in as well, right? Yeah, well, yeah. it happens. Um, it tends to happen at at times that with Block Talk Radio, but uh, it, it it works really really well. But um, occasionally, you know, technology it tends to uh, sometimes not be consistent. So, but you got to work with it. So um, you do. I, I'm glad. Right. Uh, 
I'm glad you brought up commerce because I have a, ne- a new name for it, Obamacore. How about that? Obamacore. It's uh, Oh, I like that one. Obamacore. We have Obamacare. We have Obamacare, and now we have Obamacore. I mean, see, you know, he goes on these uh, pages of uh, utopian war and uh, race, you know, increasing the, and now we have the takeoff, which is the takeoff. Uh, I uh, never heard it co- called Obamacare, system. but that's a good one. Um, go ahead, Ruben. You were saying? <laughs> well, no. Um, okay. There's an echo in here. Ruben, are you still on? I'm here. Hi, Ruben. Okay. Um, we're currently working to get our guest on. Here, okay. Um, but uh, that's the first time I heard it called Obamacore. And uh, Ruben, what is your opinion on Common Core? Uh, okay. You uh, seem to have space lost. Time. Uh-oh. Uh, okay. Uh, Ru- uh, hold on. Uh, Ruben, um, you're coming in and out. Okay. Maybe if I switch phones. Um, yeah. Um, how about now? Okay, that's a little bit better. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Are you on a uh, a cell phone or a uh, Skype call? No, no, I'm a, I'm on a. Oh, did try do my. Um, like I said, uh, any time is it works. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, because you're kind of, you know, you're kind of cutting in and out. Do you want? Do you um, want me to call in? I'll see my phone. Yeah, call in on your phone because we're losing you in and out. Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll do that right now. Okay. 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 Um, in the meantime, um, while we wait for our guests to call back, and again, I, I do apologize for that. Um, we're having just technical difficulties here. Okay. But um, I do want to remind everybody that tonight's topic is Common Core. And um, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about it. In the 1990s, the Standards and Accountability Movement began in the United States um, writing standards outlining what students were expected to know and to be able to do at each grade level and implementing assessment designed to measure whether students were meeting at the standards. As part of this education reform movement, the nation's governors and corporate leaders founded Achieve, Inc., in in 1996 as a bipartisan organization to raise academic standards and graduation requirements, improve assessments, and and strengthen accountability in all states. Um, So, okay, folks, uh, okay, hopefully we're we're back on, okay, hopefully we won't have any more technical difficulties tonight. Um, Okay, Ruben, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me now? Okay, Wendy... Yes, Wendy, are you on? I am. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, Hi, Wendy. You know, we're talking about Hi. we're talking about Common Core. And mm-hmm. go ahead, Ruben. You were saying Ru- Ruben had well, a term for it. Go ahead, S- tell him what you were saying. 
Lorraine and Wendy and, and the audience, I, you know, we've had Obamacare. Now, instead of Common Core, we have Obamacore. That's, uh, <laughs> that's my interpretation of my new name of Common Core. But uh, let me, um, you know, I'll, 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 get, I'll cut in and, and um, later on, but uh, you are our guest, and if you go ahead and um, – if we can go ahead and ask you some questions, or you can give a little summary of what Obama Core Common Core is. Are you talking to me? Go ahead, Wendy. Yes, yes, Wendy. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, I've been a um, I, I've been a, um, an instructor at community college, and I sat on a school board um, as a homeschool mom. Actually, I was a, I was a top vote getter for our local school board. Um, and so, and I've homeschooled my children. They've been in a charter school, a private school, and public school. Um, and when I was on the school board, the first, well, it wasn't the first um, wave of this, what we're now seeing as Common Core came through, but it was um, a precursor to Common Core, which was raised the top uh, funding grants. And we saw those come through school boards um, across the country, and uh they came in the form of grants because obviously that's how the federal government loves to get us entangled um, into programs they want us to um, to be beholden to them uh, through and so that we give away our power as a state and as a local community. So Race to the Top came through, um, and we were promised grant money if we just signed on the dotted line. And um, I was the only person who voted no on that, actually, um, when our school board voted on it because I could see that it was beginning that transfer of power from the uh, states to the federal government, and I think that at the core of what common at the core of it, Common Core is just a transfer of um, of power from the states to the federal government. And what what's interesting about Common Core is it really is an issue that should unite um, us across the political spectrum because it's the worst of what we all despise. It's crony capitalism when you look at who's going to be making money off of this program. And it's, it's overreach of the federal government. And um, people across the political spectrum hate one or another or both of those those things. So to me, um, education freedom is an issue that I think uh, we should be talking about a lot when we're talking with folks who may not pay attention to politics as much as we do. Right. Uh, I, I, I totally agree that, that it's a transfer of power from the local local school boards to nationalizing and federalizing our school system, our public school, and also dumbing down our public school system because instead of teaching English literature, we're going to get informational texts like what the Federal Reserve of San Francisco did. Isn't that mm-hmm. correct? Well, it is. It is absolutely dumbing down um, and dumbing down our curriculum, and, you know, um, I think what, I, what, I've, what I've seen a lot of, at least in Michigan, is arguing over the standards and whether the standards are value, valuable or not, and to me, it doesn't matter what the standards are right now, because once we turn over power to the federal government, we're never going to get it back, and once we turn it over, they can make those standards whatever they want, so even if the standards were were wonderful, perfect, academically sound right now, I still wouldn't support Common Core because once we turn the power over to the federal government, they can make those standards whatever they want to. Um, and I was I was talking with some of my teacher friends and they actually had an in-service training about using technology and using the idea of flipped classrooms where, um, you know, students would go to school during the day to basically have small group work and do their homework and then in the evening, watch um, the national curriculum on their iPad or tablet, which every student would be given. And, you know, the teachers think this is a great thing. And I thought, gosh, do you realize, though, that um, you're going to be out of a job because we're not going to need teachers because we're going to need facilitators for homework at that point. So I think uh, it's a pretty big issue and a pretty big problem. Um, but at the core of it is that transfer of power. I think we have to just keep coming. For me, I just keep coming back to that. Wendy, let me just ask you for, for a minute. Hold on, Rue. I just want to ask, if, um, is, is Michigan a um, participant in this? Because I know there were some states 
uh, I think there was 44 states that signed on to it. Um, and I, I don't, uh, I, I know New Jersey is one. Mm, sort of. Um, um, I think there's an ongoing battle in Michigan. Um, <laughs> and we've really, we have a, a really uh, strong movement in Michigan that are, is urging people to opt out of the testing, the nationalized testing. Um, and um, what's happened, the interesting thing about Common Core is, you know, if they would have come straight to the legislatures, you know, it's just like when they changed education in the 1930s. They didn't go to the schools or the kids. They went to the teacher colleges and changed the teacher colleges and the textbooks. And then the first generation that graduated out of that change was um, the baby boomers in, in the 1960s when, you know, um, they wrecked havoc on, on, and there were some good changes in the 1960s, but there was a lot of damage done. So now what we're seeing is, once again, they went, they didn't come straight forward to the legislature, to the school districts. They went the back doorway to the state school boards um, to get Common Core implemented um, that way, and um, and then it becomes a budgetary issue. So, you know, if I was going to give someone advice about how to fight Common Core, I think one of the main areas to fight it is actually in your in your appropriations. Um, if they, they can pass a rule, but if it's not funded, it's not going to happen. And that's where um, I think that's where in Michigan we've been targeting. Now, how, how, where does uh, Governor Snyder uh, stand on this, and where where does the legislators? Uh, especially, Governor uh, Snyder is, is pro Common Core. Governor Snyder oh. is um, very progressive, actually. He's a good businessman. He's done a lot for our economy, but he 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 has a pretty progressive. Uh, view of the world, and you can see that from his support of Obamacare, the, or um, the Obamacare Medicaid expansion, and then Common Core. He even brought Arnie Duncan in to um, push Common Core. Now we also right. have some very conservative legislators in Michigan, um, Patrick Kobach and Tom McMillan, who started um, really blowing the whistle on this issue. And we've had a lot of grassroots folks who stepped up and worked really hard to fight back and push back. So I think this is, um, I'm not sure exactly where the issue stands in Michigan because I haven't been following it that closely in the last six months, but I know that it's an ongoing battle in Michigan. Well, big business and, and the Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation are big proponents of uh, of Common Core because they stand to to uh, make a lot of money out of this if uh, the federal government turns over a lot of the uh, the curriculums to them. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why, again, I think this issue um, crosses political spectrums because it's crony capitalism, and I hate crony capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Bill Gates is, they're going to make a fortune. I mean, you see, they're going to be issuing, part of this is going to be issuing um, tablets or iPads to every kid in America. I mean, right. and the school districts are going to be buying, that's a fortune. And then all the data and all the testing that's going to happen as well, I mean, um, you know, they want to do, you know, basically cradle to 26 uh, mm -hmm. data collection on every American. And, and to me, um, I'm not comfortable with that either at all, frankly. Well, that's, that's, part, of, that's part of the data, data mining that's going on right now. I mean, not just uh, on an on educational level, just on, you know, what NSA has been doing with uh, the different agencies, you know, the different alphabet agencies out there. A, mm -hmm. a collection of data, data mining, which is very big, you know, and like I totally agree with you. They want to take and get every bit of information from when the kid is going into school until, you know, he's out of out of college. They want to have right. that database out there, and and who more who who's more more qualified to do that than Microsoft and Bill Gates making a lot of money on this? So he, of course he's pro pro common uh, pro Obama core. Right, exactly, exactly, and you know it's, you know I, I think right now the NSA is doing a lot of metadata analysis, which mm -hmm. actually is very, um, people saw how that works. Um, it's very intrusive and and kind of scary that they can collect that kind of data. But when you're talking about a file on a child um, and tracking them and and all the different things, I mean, you know, we know what kills me about education is that. You know, if you walk down the cereal aisle in America, I mean, we have like 15 different kinds of Cheerios that you can buy, right? And to think that 
you know, we have all this choice and all this freedom and, and, and diversity of and, and consumerism, and, and we get to make great choices for our lifestyle and what we want in America. It's a beautiful thing. And yet when it comes to this particular area, the two areas, you know, um, and I like that you talk about um, Obamacare and Obamacare because the two areas, healthcare and education, are two areas in our culture that go against the grain of how America, the American culture works and how Americans are programmed to think about um, interacting with the marketplace. So to me, education freedom is uh, so important. But I know I don't know how it is in, in New Jersey, but in, in Michigan, 40% of our, our state budget comes from federal dollars. And one of the things that we're going to have to do, and it's going to be a long-term issue, is try to untangle ourselves from that um, burden uh, and that connection and tie to the federal government. We are not a free state if 40% of our budget comes from the federal government. And, right. and the more that we give, o give over that budget uh, to the federal government, the more strings are attached, the more, you know, the less free we are. And I don't think the average person in Michigan knows that at all. Well, Wendy, I, I, I think um, the this is part of that redistribution aspect of uh, of the current administration because basically what they're doing is taking tax money and bribing states on implementing their, their nationalized curriculum. Well, absolutely, and, that, and they've been doing that since Race to the Top grants. I mean, that's not right. anything new, and, you know, and they'll talk about – you know, um, there was, you know, the, um, there was other programs as well that even came before that, that, um, you know, school-to-work programs. There's other, there's been a history of this. And, again, you know, we, uh, the progressives have, have been very comfortable with incrementally moving us um, in the direction of socialism for a long time. And we, one of the things that, that I love about um, Americans, and but also I understand it is frustrating is that, we want things to change, and we want to go out and make something happen and be movers and shakers. I mean, we want to, you know, tame the Wild West. I mean, that's just who we are. And yet when we finally kind of woke up and looked around and thought, holy crap, what's happening to our country, you know, I think there's been this idea that it was going to be one magic bullet or one big fight or one election cycle or if we could just get the right guy in office instead of looking at this incremental long-term, I mean, this is a 50-year battle. This is a battle for, for the future, you know, and not one for us. I mean, we're going to have to sacrifice our own um, comfort and, uh, you know, and, and, and leisure time to, to fight this battle incrementally for as long as it takes to turn us around. And I think we can, but uh, um, it's not going to happen in one election cycle. There's no magic bullet or messiah unless Jesus comes back. There's no political messiah that's going to come back and fix all this overnight. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Doreen? Yeah, well, I just want to ask Wendy, um, here in New Jersey, um, the unions are not for Common Core either, but not for the same reason as us. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, kind of just don't like it because it pretty much straps the teacher their hands by telling them what to teach the kids, you know, and teachers generally know their students better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, um, if that's, is that the same case in Michigan where you are? I think it's a mixed bag. I think actually the union actually likes Common Core because it, it, it puts more emphasis on them being a professional on, on driving a wedge between the parents and the children, and, you know, it's job security. You know, it's union security so that, you know, they're the professionals and they have to, um, we don't, you know, I look at my kids' homework and I'm like, I don't understand this homework at all. I mean, it's math homework and it's it's pretty stupid, actually. I mean, there's been a couple times when I told my kid, I said, you know what, this is stupid, you don't have to do it. I'm just, I'll take the heat for it, but I don't understand it. I think it's dumb. But... um no, and, I, and I think the union and the teachers are two very different animals. So I talk with teachers, and we have a lot of teachers who just who are, you're right, they're good teachers who just want to teach. And the more government gets involved in education, the more difficult it is for um, them to do their job, the more paperwork and bureaucracy and hassle and stress. Yeah, yes, yes. The teachers here are, you know, actually um, – 
well, because the teachers are part of the union and the teachers here don't like it. They are Mm -hmm. uh, pressuring our union to get rid of it. Now, here in New Jersey, Common Core is is pretty much full-fledged. You know, I mean, our governor has backed it and and whatnot. And and now, you know, our towns are getting money for it and the whole thing. But, again, um, you know, and and I've gone through some of these initiatives here and and the the objectives, and, you know, and, and I taking a look at how this is implemented and you know it pretty much puts a lot of of uh, uh of just regulation upon the teacher it does you know? and it really, it really class, has, it, yeah yeah when you get a class of 25 students you know not everybody learns the same okay for one and um you know a kid let's say in a in a suburb okay um you know what what he learns you know and and his environment is different from perhaps what an inner city child meets mhm and exactly you know and and so um and so what i see in this is that the teachers complaining about this one size fits all you know and um you can't uh, you can't do that to a human being because everybody's different, right. you know. And, and I know because yep. I've been a teacher in, in a public school, you know, and I, I will tell you, I, I knew my class and I knew my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I knew I was the first, you know, sort of line of defense on how these kids learned, you know. Right. And, and the one-size-fits-all wouldn't work. Right. You know, and and that that's the that's one of the biggest issues that I see with this Common Core, and also a couple of my friends don't they've termed it like a, well like Ruben calls it Obama Core. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that one too. Um, <laughs> some of my friends have have called it government schools. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, so, and I think yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Doreen. That that's it's not good for teachers and it's not good for students. Um, it takes away the freedom. It takes away the individual thought. And it also, you know, one of the beautiful things about our country is that states were supposed to be able to be laboratories for democracy. And within states, you know, cities and counties and townships were supposed to be able to be laboratories for democracy as well. And, you know, and, and Michigan is really interesting, and I'm sure, you know, every state is like this um, to a different degree. But, you know, I have... Ann Arbor, I'm 45 minutes outside of Ann Arbor, and we call it little socialist, you know, Ann Arbor of, of Michigan. <laughs> and, um, you know, if they want to teach Earth Day every single day and, and teach, you know, diversity and, and, and have their kids reading about, you know, um, homosexual or whatever in kindergarten or whatever they want to do in Ann Arbor, knock yourselves out. Because, you know what, if people are in Ann Arbor and they don't like it, they can move. Um in Fowlerville, which is like 10 minutes from me, um, if they want to have hunters, a rural farming community, if they want to have some agricultural stuff in there, if they want to have gun safety as part of their sixth grade curriculum for every child in the district, great, knock yourselves out. Because right. if people don't like it, right. they can either opt out or move. And, and that's the beauty of, our, of the diversity, to think that um, what children are learning in San Francisco or Ann Arbor is the same as what they're learning. It should be the, exactly the same as what they're learning in Howell or Fowlerville. Or, it, it's ridiculous, and that's just within Michigan. You take that and you say a, a, a child in Howell is the same as a child in California, New Jersey, that's crazy. That is the opposite of diversity. That is the opposite of what makes America awesome. You know, I mean, yes, there's, the only, the only um thing that, that, that was required up until recently um, in Michigan education was civics, which I think is right. You know, every child in America should be able to pass the citizenship test. Great. In fact, we have somebody who introduced a bill to make that part of requirement for graduation that our seniors can pass the citizenship test. Awesome. You know, but, but a lot of the other right. stuff that they're teaching, that should be left up to the local community. Right. And yeah. um, the other issue here is um, 
is this, and, and I know this from when I was teaching, is um, the left has this thing about inclusion, okay, which may work in some cases, but definitely not in all. And what inclusion is, folks, I'm just going to tell you, is that um, if you have a handicapped child, no matter what the handicap is, okay, and no matter what degree it is, um, these kids had to be included into a regular classroom. And um, the handicap could be physical, mental, behavior, or along those lines. And the regular classroom teacher had to adapt to that strategy. Okay, so now, and and these spe- these kids, these special kids, learn much different mm-hmm. than your average normal child. So I cannot see how these initiatives can be implemented in a regular classroom. I just don't see it. You know, if well, you're going to have all of that inclusion, go ahead. Oh, I have a couple of friends who teach in special ed. And what's happening in our schools right now is that, I mean, they are in they are in impossible situations. I mean, they are working with kids who are abusive to them, who are out of control. They have too many children in their classroom. I mean, these children need to be in some kind of combination, um, learning basic skills, Learning. I mean, right now they're subjected to kind of, um, uh, you know, an, an, an adaptive um, state-mandated test. But, I mean, these kids need to it, – it's ridiculous. The way that we have it set up right now in the name of inclusion or whatever is not good for anybody, and especially not the teachers. It's not even safe for the teachers, and they're certainly not set up for success. Um, and I don't think the public schools are the place for um, – some of the kids that my friends have to deal with on a daily basis that are dangerous. And, and certainly they should be given, you know, every opportunity to be able to um, get those basic skills, you know, if they can be independent. I think that's all great. But I think we really need to have an honest discussion about whether public school is a place for them or not, um, you know, in light of, of everything else that's going on in our education system. Uh, but the whole system is kind of a mess. And the only thing I can think of that's going to make it better is, is competition. At the end of the day, we have got to have competition. Period. Well, I was part of. Uh, I was part of. Okay, I was part of um, when I was in New Jersey. I was part of. Uh, I worked with um, uh, Israel, uh, Mr. Tetelbaum, and we were part. Of, I was part of the. Uh, you know, basically part of the advisory educational. Uh, committee and and very charter school pro charter school. I believe that uh, a family or parents should have the freedom to choose where they can send their kids to, and not just base it on a zip code because that's mm-hmm. totally wrong. It's eliminating freedom for choosing where to send your your children, and that basically. Uh, I feel Obama Corps, Common Corps, is basically taking that freedom away from 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 these parents. And just like they're currently trying to do the ma- mandate on forcing back, uh, forced vac- vaccinations. And, and, and the increase, another aspect of this, is the increased amount of money that is spent on education has actually... Been a, uh, has seen a decline in the quality of education. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, in today's world, we are ranked 15 in education. Yes. Tied with Spain, which is a country that has been almost close to bankruptcy. I mean, uh, this is this whole curriculum, this whole. Uh, Obama Corps, Common Corps is designed not for the improvement in my cynical ways. It's not an improvement for education. It's basically more of a having control and taking that control away from the state on a state or local level and have it centralized. Am I correct right. in that? Mm-hmm. Yes, a- and absolutely. Go ahead. And then, go ahead, Wendy. You can answer. Oh, and I was going to say, absolutely. Go ahead. And I, I think we, um, I think 
when when you judge education only by standardized testing, then um, you know someone said, "Well, China's so far ahead of us." I'm like, "Who wants to be like China? Oh my gosh, I don't want little robots. <laughs> what makes America great is our ingenuity and our creativity and our ability what? to think outside the box. And we are we are um, systematically going to remove that. Are you kidding? You're like Denmark, so great. Fine. What what did Denmark create? I mean. Wait for them. Good job, guys. Have fun. But I want to be in America, and and I want to be in a, in a country that's maybe a little more wild, and maybe we think outside the box, and we're innovative, and we're scrappy. That's what I love about our country. Right. Right. I, 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 I just want to read this. Go ahead, Ruben. I, I think one of the things that I enjoyed in college was one of my professors. One of my favorite classes was critical thinking. You know. To basically analyze, he, I, I would, I, I will always remember this. He would say, you know, when you watch, when you're watching a commercial on TV, and and someone is promoting that coffee is good for you, what is the first thing that you should do? And I said, I don't know. He said, look up who's paying for that commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of critical thinking. Not just basically taking all the information and say, okay, okay, that's correct. That's all I had to say, Doreen. Yes, I do want to read from a commenter. His name is Anthony. Um, So the fundamentals of education have been lost due to the government's socialistic takeover and dumbing down of its citizens. America would be better off going back to the 50s and 60s educational guidelines. Common Core needs to be scrapped. It's all a result of the Clinton administration's and the state's demand for more federal funding, which is true. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, right. So, basically, it's saying, you know, that um, that it's the federal government is funding the schools. Therefore, they have the right to say what is taught. Because the mm-hmm. money is coming from them, that's what it's saying. It's almost like in the Soviet Union, <laughs> where they have the Ministry of Education. Here, here, by the way, we call it Department of Education. There, they call it Ministry of Education. And um, a few shows ago, we had on uh, Roman Gen. He's a famous caricaturist from the National Review. He was from the Soviet Union. And he he told us that all of the guidelines for the education in the uh, Soviet Union was developed by the Soviet go- members of the Soviet government. So there's really uh, no different between you know that and our education. You understand? Mm-hmm. If, they're, if, if they're setting the guidelines, you know, and here now we have. We have our guidelines being set by the Department of Education, and you know, and being funded by Bill Gates and uh, you know, and and people who uh, who really have no connection to the child. You know. Yeah. And, and how, it, I, I say, it's how, a precarious how position. Yeah. How does this triumph the rights of the family here? Okay. Is that even thought of in this in these uh, guidelines? That's been an ongoing um, an ongoing issue as well. Um, not only in the realm of of the um, special education and the um, you know the the how the parents with IEPs and all that stuff, how the parents um, interact, but we've seen you know there's been some court rulings that have said you know the parents' rights end at the schoolhouse door. I mean, there's been some frightening cases. Uh, now we're trying to. Luckily, we have some um, conservative um, legal organizations that are pushing back on that a little bit. I think we're um, reversing the tide a little bit. But for a while, we were really slipping towards a situation where, you know, like I said, parents' rights ended at the schoolhouse door. Usually, those court court cases came out um, of a situation with sex ed or some kind of curriculum issue. But I think. Uh, I think that is an important important distinction. You know, what what are the rights of the parents? A good gauge for that probably would be to look at the homeschool laws in your state and um, see how in, invasive or intrusive those homeschool laws are. 
because homeschooling is, I, to me, is the ultimate um, exercise of parental control over your child's education. Oh, I, I, so I totally that, agree. Go ahead, Ruben. Yeah, I totally um, agree that, that, that uh, homeschooling, homeschooling is the way uh, to go to, to put a dent in the uh, proponents of Common Core. But I think I think uh, this is this is actually going beyond our country. I think Common Core is going to be something, and I don't have any proof of it. But I think my, the, the idea is that this is going to be the the staging to take a take it on a global uh, globalizing education via Common Core. That's how I, I'm looking at it. I'm projecting that 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 could be what's out there. But I, I wanted to ask you a question because I know you're you're in the state of Michigan. I've been to the state of Michigan, you know, traveled to Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, you know, socialist Ann Arbor and yeah. uh, Grand Rapids. Um, but the city of Detroit that just basically uh, filed for bankruptcy and, you know, the, the state government, Snyder and, and his, um, uh, were involved in, in, in basically taking control of the school and the city. What have you heard about individuals in 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 the low income areas? What's their feeling in regards to how their kids are not getting that education? How crime is being you know taken has taken over the city of Detroit, once a mighty mighty powerful city? What have you heard? Well, what, what, I have a couple thoughts on that. Number one, I do believe that the story of Detroit is not over. I think that. Mayor Duggan is doing a great job, that there is hope for the city. I think they've come out on the other side of bankruptcy stronger. Um, both sides gave. Um, and I think there is um, is hope for Detroit. Um, what's interesting, I spent some time working with a church in Detroit and talking to them, you know, it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I guess. Um, you know, they the number one thing I heard was that they just want to know that if they call the police, the police will show up. I mean, that, that's how basic it gets in Detroit. They want streetlights that work, and they want to know that if, the, if, if, if they call the police or an ambulance, they'll show up, which isn't always the case or hasn't been the case. So uh, they're looking at those kind of basic things. When it comes to education, what's interesting about um, big cities, including Detroit, is that you know parents really do want choices. I mean, they, the lotteries to get into charter schools are just, um, I mean, they're just, it's intense, and parents desperately want better choices for their children, and yet there seems to be a disconnect between the policies that um, that that have caused the schools to be so bad, and uh, and and how to fix them, and the political and the, and the politics of it all. So um, I think there's hope for Detroit. Um, if, if I if I had my druthers for Detroit, I think one idea that they could explore would be doing one room schoolhouses. Because Detroit is unique in that you'll have, like, a neighborhood, then you'll have a bunch of abandoned houses or houses that have been knocked down, and then another neighborhood. And, you know, if they did charter schools, if they took one of those big old mansions, renovated it, made it a school for, like, you know, perhaps 60 kids there and have two teachers and use technology to kind of help um, move some of the, the academics along and, and kind of fill in the, the, the space there, you know, you really could have um, a unique environment that could serve as kind of even a wraparound service for that family, offering adult education in the evenings or for that community, um, and creating more of a small community within a community. Um, but again, the answers the answers lie in thinking outside the box and in breaking mm -hmm. up the corruption. Detroit was corrupt from top to bottom, the government, and um, and I think that's finally uh, coming to light and being broken up. But it's going to be a process, not an event. Um, but I think there's hope for Detroit. I really do. Doreen. Right. Um, and yeah. Um, Wendy, I want to ask you: Have do you have any leading group in Michigan that's uh, organizing to fight Common Core, or just we um, we do? We have several groups not in Michigan that are groups working. for like parents. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Absolutely. Um, we have several parents that are several folks that are working really hard to fight back against Common Core, absolutely. Um, and they are well organized. They are, um, we have a, a woman, a Spunky Homeschool. She homeschools her kids and has a blog. 
She has um, traveled around and um, spoke to folks all over the, the state about this issue. Um, we have all kinds of, 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 of just great people who are who are very active in, in fighting this battle. Now, now, so, now, in the event that they do succeed, do does the um, funding get cut from the district? Does right? Well, there then is money tied the to Common Core, absolutely. Yeah, so the district would have to readjust to that. But yep. I'm wondering. Um, here's the thing, because in Parsippany, um, our district got money, and here's what they did with it. Okay. They went out and they bought all of the ninth graders uh, an, a tablet, um, an iPad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in Parsippany, we have something over. Must be about at least 700 ninth graders. And, you know, and then we went and bought a tablet, and the district spent a lot of money on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, personally, I, I myself wasn't too happy for it, but, but they tied it to... That that was what they did with the with the money that they got from Common Core, and they claimed that um, uh, that they were teaching the students to prepare them to take the test, which is another issue of Common Core, how they test the initiatives, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and they said all of the tests are going to be digital. Mm-hmm. However, my, my 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 issue with the with the iPad is, is several, you know. I mean, um, you know, they just gave the ninth grade an, an iPad. You know, usually you don't, you just don't give a student anything. You know, at least I don't give my own kid. And you know, I, I mean, aside from the basics, mm-hmm. you know, but certain things he he has to work for. You know, and then they, the kids were allowed to bring the iPads home. And well, right, because they're gonna, they're gonna, they're issue. gonna. I mean, and and for all, you know, if we weren't doing Common Core, the reality is iPads um, are gonna replace textbooks. I mean, that's just you know, tablets, iPads are gonna, they're gonna need to make them a lot more indestructible. But um, they are, you know, the, the digital digital media is likely to replace uh, textbooks. It just is, um, which makes sense because you can upload new textbooks, you can adapt, you can use open source material. Um, it, but, but I think uh, I don't know. So I guess, like, independent of Common Core, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just a change in technology, which is just a lot different than what we had when we were growing up. Uh, but for the kids today, it makes sense. But um, because it's tied all into Common Core, it kind of sullies the idea of giving out tablets. And makes it suspect, which but I here it is. Agree with you know the school knows that the kid has the tablet, and they can, um, you, you know, they will know what your kid is doing. It, to a degree, it becomes a privacy issue, right? You know, I, I I do understand the the fact that yes, we have to go to a, a digital learning type of thing. Um, but there's a trade know, off. You're right. I mean, now they have access to everywhere your kid goes on that tablet. Um, you know, is there a camera on the tablet? Is the camera turned on? Is there something in the agreement when you took that tablet yes, that they could turn that on camera there. on? You know what I mean? There yes. are issues like that. And, in fact, it's already happened. I can't remember exactly the details, but there was a school that gave out computers to the kids, and the computer cameras were on. And, and yeah. the school got busted for it. So there is a precedent for that. Um and that's uh yeah, and that's just those are new issues that we're gonna have to explore and continue to talk about. Go ahead, Ruben. Yeah. I know I picked you You know, one 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 of the um not quite a right doing uh, excellent, excellent. I enjoy that, <laughs> that whole analysis. Um one of the one of the things that really bothers me, Doreen and Wendy and the audience, uh is is the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy of, of these individuals like the Bill Gates and, 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 and the politicians that are pro-Common Core. Well, you know, Bill Gates, as I've done my research, his own children attend an elite school that does not teach Common Core. Uh, of wow. course. I mean, oh, oh of, course, of course, everything they do is, is, is hypocritical. I mean, they pass laws all the time that they're not subject to. I mean, this is just... 
this is, you know, let them eat cake stuff. I mean, this is, you know, we are a land of, of um, circus and bread right now. So that isn't, I mean, that's just, that's just, of course, of course they're hypocrites. <laughs> you know, look at Obamacare. Yeah. No, no, I, I, right. I, and, and that part, I, I mean, I understand. It's just a fact that, you know, besides us and, and, and a small minority in the mainstream, people are not really putting that out there. That right. individuals, that this, all these proponents of of, of Obama Core or, or Common Core are not doing to their kids what they're trying to impose on the kids, not just on the national level, but eventually on the global level. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that, that was one else. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to I, I wanted to touch on something that Doreen had brought up before about the unions because uh, when I was in New Jersey I, I, I worked for state of New Jersey and um, and one of the things that I, and, and as a matter of fact the, I got to know quite a bit about the unions and and uh, yes I do agree that the unions in New Jersey may not be happy with certain things of Common Core but deep down. The majority of the leaders are very progressive, very liberal, and they will go along with the mandate that's coming from from, mm-hmm. from Washington. My question to you, Wendy, in regards to the unions, are you seeing people in the state of Michigan, which is where, where you're more familiar with, that are involved with the union, are they following that those steps, or are they going against the grain? Well, you know, one thing because one thing I've I've, I've I've looked at a lot with when it comes to teachers is, you know, teaching the teaching profession um, attracts a couple different kinds of personalities, and one of them is the personality that just wants to just have peace. They want to come in. They just want to teach the kids. They want to love the children. They don't mind having doing the same thing day after day or year after year. They like it. It's secure for them. They just want to. They just want to keep their head down and teach. They don't want to be bothered with all the other stuff and the drama. They don't. The other kind, they just want order and they want and and they kind of fall into that same kind of camp where they just want to come in, you know, teach, be left alone. Um, when you have someone who's kind of a scrapper or like a you know a, a real leader in terms of um, you know being more vocal or being more um, forceful in personality, they usually end up in administration in a school or union leadership. Ironically, so. Most teachers are um, are frustrated, um, but they're they're not they're not sure what to do about it, and they're not sure um, they're not sure. I, I I'll just say this: when I was on the right. school board, people were um, when I when I got on the school board, um, we were we had been giving people raises, teachers raises for years because we had we had a ton of growth in our community, and we had lots of extra money and lots of more students. So we gave teachers raises all the time and all kinds of goodies and built new schools. And and the teachers still had bad um, morale. And then we had to stop that because we were falling quickly into debt. And um, and I came on and we were stopping that and then moving into a more conservative kind of a cutting mode, and morale was low. And I remember telling the teachers one time, I said, you know, I know that your morale is low. I truly believe that. I said, but when you were getting raises all the time, morale was low, when you are getting no raises, morale is low. So I don't think it has anything to do with raises. What is it? And I don't know if they even know because the union feeds them a line of bull a lot of the time. Um, and I think it. And I don't think they even know what why they're unhappy. But I think it's because of no child left behind, all the regulations, all the extra paperwork, feeling like they don't know how to do their job well. They're not trusted enough to do their job well. Right. Um, and that's because we can't hold them accountable right. when they do their job badly. So I don't, right. I don't know. They, I think I don't. I don't know if teachers yeah, are going to rise up and fight back. Yeah, yeah. But see, here in here in coming from a teacher, uh, and especially when you don't have tenure, you know, at least here in New Jersey, you are inclined to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat. Um, How many and, years do you have you know, to be teaching in New Jersey to get tenure? It's three. 
Okay. And, but then even so, once you are tenured, some still remain quiet because you can cause a lot of problems, you know, even if you're outspoken amongst right. your colleagues and your peers. So that's mm-hmm. why a lot of the teachers do remain silent. But a lot of people go into the profession, like myself, because you want to make a difference in a child's life. And right. I will tell you that with all these uh, restrictions placed upon you, it places a restriction upon the ability for you to do your job, and that is teach. You're there, that's mm-hmm. what you're there. You're there to teach, and the kids are there to learn. And and the, uh, if you, restrictions are being placed upon a teacher, they're not going to be happy, and it's going to translate to the students. Because right. the students, kids have a, a a way of being a teacher that's not happy, and it reflects upon them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a, so it's a whole system there. Now, when I was teaching back in in the early nineties, we had restrictions, but not like this today. And um, I taught in Patterson for a long time, and Patterson is a rough area around here. And the only way I made it was by developing my own rules and and learning the kids and, you know, and learning how how they learned. It was Mm -hmm. a learning process for the two of us. And that's how somebody like me had survived, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and and we made it. But it's, it's, now I could see what all these restrictions upon me. Who's going to want to teach, you know? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Who wants to take that one? (laughs) I have to tell you I, I have to tell you my dad was my dad was a teacher in um in New York City and I remember him basically coming home from work and frustrated because, you know, the parents didn't care. He cared, but you know, there was then he had to come and help me. And it was so much pressure, and I admire teachers, and I've always, you know, had my utmost high respect for them. But I, th- I think at this point, um, the teachers are really not, do not have any control over their future. The unions have control over over no, them. Over right. Uh, and 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 it's, and it's it's so sad that in in the state of New Jersey and I think in most states, uh, communities, low income areas, that basically get so much funding. I mean, in New Jersey, I remember uh, Newark. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, help me out with uh, in Jersey. I, I've been I've been away from Jersey for a couple of months and I forgot the uh, um, some of the, some of the places like Newark, uh, uh, Trenton. And and uh, Camden would receive a lot more funding, and you know they would take the money from the affluent areas, move it to right. the low-income areas, and right. when it came down to education, those areas that were getting twenty to twenty-two thousand dollars per child in education. Right, and, and actually, we're going to have black. to cut you, uh, yes, because um, we're out of time. Yeah. Um, Wendy, thank you for coming on. You're always a great guest. Come on any time. <laughs> Thanks, Tori. Uh-huh. And uh, Ruben, you want to do the closer, Ruben? Go ahead. Well, I, I have to say thank you, Wendy. Uh, very informative, and uh, I love the state of Michigan. Um I traveled there quite a bit and uh really great you know, keep keep up the great work and, and we definitely have to unite in this battle because this battle is just starting. Mhm. And yes. and, and and the more that we come together, the more we're gonna succeed. And we're not just gonna succeed for us, we're gonna succeed for the millions of parents out there that need to have that, that force behind them. in order for our country to stay strong and succeed. Thank you. Yes. And, folks, thank you. Stay tuned till next Tuesday when we bring you Bridget Cronin and talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. That's next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. 
And thank you very much. Have a good night. Yeah, thank you.